0: On August 9th, 2014, Michael Brown Jr., an 18-year-old unarmed black man, was shot to death by a white officer, Darren Wilson, in Ferguson, Missouri.
1: Okay, we're taking a feeling in progress from 9101 West Florissant. What? Subject may be leaving the business at this time. It's going to be a black male in a white t-shirt. He's running toward quick trip. He's with another male. He's got a red Cardinals hat, white t-shirt, yellow socks, and khaki
2: shorts. Police were told the two men, who were later identified as Brown and a friend, Dorian Johnson, had left the store. At noon, Officer Darren Wilson joins the hunt. At 12.02, Wilson spots Brown and Johnson in the middle of the street and asks for backup. Moments later, a scuffle reportedly broke out between Brown and Wilson. Shots were fired and Brown went down. According to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, the encounter lasted less than 90 seconds. A backup officer then arrived.
3: Get us several more units over here. There's going to be a problem. This is what community looks like. What community
2: yeah. looks you are in the streets blocking the roadway. You are unlawfully assembled. You need to disperse immediately or you will be subject to arrest. Do it now. What you're looking at
0: is the aftermath. Of the grand jury deciding not to indict Officer Wilson. It
1: was mayhem. Don't shoot! Don't
2: shoot!
0: Not tear gas
2: this time. No justice! No justice!
0: I'm sure you're all familiar with Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri and the impact it has on the Black Lives Matter movement. Hell, that's where it began. It's the epicenter of this change, the epicenter of this revolution. And unfortunately, as history has taught us over and over again, revolution and great change does not come without sacrifice. And unfortunately, in Ferguson, Missouri, one of their own was taken again that night. A man was killed by the name of DeAndre Joshua, was just 20 years old. He and another man named Darren Seals were two activists who were killed in very similar ways under very suspicious circumstances. I'm your host Michael and this is Strange and Unexplained. DeAndre Johnson's car was found just blocks from where Brown was fatally shot in Canfield apartment complex. DeAndre had been shot in the head, covered in gasoline, and set on fire in the driver's seat of his own car. There is very little news coverage on DeAndre's death, his case is still unsolved, and there have never been any suspects named in the show. Now remember I said there was little coverage, not no coverage, and it just so happened That Maria Joshua, DeAndre's mother, found out through one of the few news broadcasts about her son's death. The morning after the riots, Maria saw a news clip that showed a white Grand Prix on fire with human remains found inside. The telling signs of it being DeAndre's car were a cracked bumper and a missing front plate. This instantly sunk Maria's stomach and she instantly knew that her son was gone. The Joshua family had not taken part in the protest or march on on the day of the riot. Since Joshua's death, there has been little to no progress in finding his killer. Police have blamed this on a lack of cooperation from the community following the killing of Brown. The neighborhood, which Wilson described in court as being an, quote, anti-cop area, was more tense than ever. And no one was trusting the cops. One person recalled calling the police after seeing protesters carrying guns and talking about killing someone. But with the events of that night, no officer ever responded to the call. Obviously, because they were all busy with the riots. So basically, other than the way that DeAndre was killed, there's really nothing that ties his death to anyone as far as the police or media is concerned um, I heard some reports that police had disregarded it as gang violence, um, or maybe even uh, a hate group, a hate crime. Um, I think a, a hate crime is definitely uh, much much more probable in my opinion. Um, but let's let's look on, because what made his death so important and so significant was that there was another man by the name of Darren Seals who was found under similar circumstances. Darren's bullet-riddled body was found burned inside a car. An autopsy revealed he had died from his gunshot wounds. Darren was a well-known figure during the Ferguson protests. He is pictured many times alongside the Brown family and was one of the first people on scene after Brown's death. Darren was a reformed gang member slash drug dealer who was working to improve his community through youth mentor work. Darren was also an aspiring rapper and part of a band called DOA. He also worked on an assembly line at the local General Motors plant. He was a key member in establishing Hands Up United, an activist founded and ran organization that seeks justice in the Brown case and works to prevent further incidents nationwide. They are also working to achieve more accountability for officers as well as more transparency throughout the police and justice departments nationwide. Darren's turning point in his own story was when he had been shot years before his death, seven times. He decided then to turn from a life of violence. It's a good idea, Darren. It's a good idea. And then he used his experience to help him connect with young people in his community who were facing the same kind of situations that led him to his current path. He encouraged young people to get off the streets, stay in school, leave gang loyalties, and instead use their resources to work to better the community. Darren believed it was his mission to help change the world, and he believed that you did that by starting at home, right there in Ferguson, Missouri. Darren was extremely outspoken against the Black Lives Matter movement, as he believed it had been, quote, hijacked by people looking to profit off of the work those in Ferguson had started. Seals also claimed that he was being harassed by police in the months before his death. Here's part of a newscast and also what happened in Darren's own words.
3: He tweeted about racism, police violence, and politics. Just weeks before his death, he described this encounter with police in a tweet saying, quote, 10 detectives pulled me and my 14 year old brother over, pointed guns on us, and told me to choose your enemies wisely. I'm giving my version. Now we operate at the Dallas center on West Florida. Everybody know everybody know me now I drive a Jeep. It's me and my baby brother. He's 14 years old. So we we turned in some paperwork for my mother. She's in the hospital right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm t- I turn in some paperwork for my little brother. As I'm pulling off, I get pulled over right here. They pull out, point the guns at me. You have seen the whole thing, right? Yeah. They point the whole they pointed the guns on me and my, and my 14-year-old little brother. It's Ferguson PD. They pull. they pulled guns on me and my little brother. They run up to the car, they pull them out. Grab you by my heart, slam me out the car, put me in cuffs, search my car illegally without my permission. Yeah, I seen them. That's what I he have came no. Outside. I did. Give, I gave them no permission to, to, to search my vehicle. I told them they don't have consent to search my vehicle. They searched my vehicle anyway. Then, then um, uh, they pull me off the ground. They making calls to the detectives. The detectives come. They search my car. Say there's nothing in there. They say, did you go to the Trump rally? I said, yeah. He said, you post some shit about Trump on Facebook. I said, yeah. I said, what's that illegal now? He said, no, that's, that's nothing wrong with that. But you might want to you might, might want to pick your enemies better. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, uh, some people, quote unquote, called in and said I slang a lot of dope, and I make a lot of money, and I post this against Trump. I said, it's bullshit. Everyone who follow my page knows I work fucking six days a week. Right. <laughs> what drug dealer you know gonna be a public activist? You know what I'm saying? So this ain't about selling no drug. This is about, they're trying to pump fear into us young black men who got, who got balls to stand up against people like Trump, people like Hillary, people like all these motherfuckers. But.
0: So naturally, after this event came to light, and this was broadcasted uh, on the news and also on his Twitter page, like you heard, it sparked other activists to take to social media after Darren's death to criticize the shoddy police work done at Darren's crime scene. It kind of revamped this once this came out. So let's take a look here at what the police actually did at Darren's crime scene. Well, first off, nothing had been taped off. And after the police had left there, there were still bullet casings laying on the ground, according to many witnesses. Police said although they do acknowledge the similarities between the two cases, being Darren and also DeAndre, there was no evidence of them being linked. These two men were not the only ones either. Many believe that up to four other deaths in the area involving movement leaders may also be the work of Seals and Joshua's killer, or killers. Edward Crawford was another active member in the protests in Ferguson, and a picture of him throwing a flaming smoking canister while wearing an American flag won a Pulitzer Prize in 2015. The photo had been captured on August 13, 2014, days after Michael Brown's death. Crawford later stated in an interview that the photo was taken during peaceful protest. He said that he was walking along the sidewalk, among others, including children, when the canister, which was thought to be tear gas, landed right in front of him. Crawford sprang into action, picked up the hot canister, and tossed it away from the other protesters in hopes that the children walking near him would not be affected by the gases. Crawford's death was ruled a suicide, but many of the community members believe it was something else. According to the two witnesses in the car with Crawford, he was upset about personal matters, and he was in the back seat talking about these issues when they heard him rummaging around. A gun went off, and the girls turned to see Crawford was dead from a gunshot wound. It appeared he had shot himself. This was also the findings of the county coroner's office. Despite the police findings, the community was still convinced that Crawford had been killed either directly or through persuasion. Three other deaths of community activists are considered suspicious and is the reason many believe that all of these men were murdered or assassinated. According to the Chicago Tribune, Marshawn McCarroll of Columbus, Ohio, shot himself in February of 2016 outside the front door of the Ohio Statehouse, police said. He had been active in Ferguson. And in October, 24-year-old Donye Jones was found hanging from a tree in the yard of his North St. Louis County home. His mother, Melissa McKinney's, was active in Ferguson and posted on Facebook after her son's death. She said, quote, They lynched my baby. But the death was ruled a suicide.
1: October 17th, um... I woke up and, um went downstairs because the light was left on in his room and um, was going we went down there to tell him to turn his light off, you know, because I'm real particular about saving on, you know, the bills and everything. So we went down there. Well, my, my husband, he went down there and he came back up and said, he's not down there. So I said, no, you know, he wouldn't be gone at this time because he's been studying and taking notes and everything. So um, he's been ma- mainly in the house taking care of everything. Um, so I went down there, he wasn't down there. And um. so I proceeded to, I found a brick by where he sleeps. And I'm like, that's odd. So I t- got the brick and I- <clears throat> And I was taking it outdoors because I thought that he was maybe sitting out there because he goes out there and and works out, you know, at night. So I went out to take the brick, and um, once I got out there, um, I looked over at the tree and I saw this chair turned over. And so I'm like, what is this? What is my, you know, my yard doesn't normally look like this. So something told me to um, look up. And, um, and when I looked up, um, there was my son um, in a tree hanging. So... So I screamed his name and I told my husband ran to get my husband out um, I remember falling to the ground and um my husband said, yes, said, that's him, you know And um that's when I called the police and um my brother and husband went to get him out of the tree um because that's what the 911 dispatcher said take him down from the tree um so before they took him down from the tree um my brother took his picture because, you know, we know what, um, they like to do or they had it on to do when, um, someone of, you know, uh, activist is involved or anything or whatever. So, um, my brother just wanted to make sure that they, it didn't come back, you know, on me or them or you know that, and we had all the evidence because we don't even trust the system to do right by us. Um, the police started off saying that um, it, it it is what it looks like, or and from the beginning, I told them this needs to be investigated. So um they w- we got word that they were telling people that it was suicide but they just they told us just the other day that it's not suicide when we asked for the sheet back because we know that sheet did not come from my home so we they gave us everything back his clothes and did not give us his sheet back so if it was suicide I just said sheet back So now they're saying is uh, it, 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 it's gonna look like it's suicide, but we're still gonna, I guess, investigate now. After we called them for a sheet. The sheet had army knots, Navy knots in it. My son was not in, never in Boy Scout, never in any kind of military. He, he served in no military, none. No militia, none of that. Oh, I know there's no way he did that. I, my, my my, my, family, the ones who know him best, not the self-proclaimed family that are saying all of this negative mess everywhere or whatever, they're self-proclaimed. The, my real family, his real family, we know Donye Dion Jones. And we know that what he told us, when we talk about it, all, we talk about, you know, because people in the past, you know, have committed suicide or whatever. Um, he was totally against it. Totally. I mean, he was adamant. He's totally against it, but one, because of my medical condition. And he's always said that he takes, he's going to take care of me. That's why he started his businesses. But two, he loved his mother. He loved his family he wouldn't leave us. We had too much. We have too much fun. We're, we're playful. This is all the time. My son and me, this is all the time. I know for sure. This is not something that I'm just maybe partially sure about because I know him. He did not do what they said. I want to see, um, my son to be treated as a person who is loved, who is cared for, and I need his life to matter. I want them, I want them to put in the effort that they will put in in Sally Sue or, or Billy and Bobby. I want them to put that same effort and to find out what happened to him as they would with them. And also, Whoever's involved, they better turn somebody in. They better turn on each other. Because this mother right here, they saw me go hard for Michael Brown and in and, um, and the Jason Stockley case. They ain't saying nothing. I'm going hard for this one. They took mine. They touched mine. They came to my house. They touched mine.
0: It seemed that anyone connected to these riots and to this revolution could fall victim. Not just black men, but also a 31-year-old Palestinian-American named Bassam Masri, who frequently live-streamed video of Ferguson demonstrations, was found unresponsive on a bus in November and couldn't be revived. Toxicology results released in February showed he died of an overdose of fentanyl. So as you can imagine at this time, the community of Ferguson and all of St. Louis is on edge as no suspects have ever been found in the killings of Joshua and Seals and the other ones weren't even investigated because they were ruled off as suicides. There are no connections that can be made because there are also no witnesses and therefore no motives in killings linking the two. Now the two, meaning Joshua and Seals. Of course, there are speculations, rumors, and theories that can be argued. Shortly after DeAndre Joshua was killed, rumors began to fly that Joshua was one of the unnamed witnesses in the Wilson and Brown case. And as far as Darren Seals is concerned, he believed that cops were already working to find a way to get rid of him because of the harassment he had faced just months before his death. This, of course, led to speculation of police-led assassinations or even white supremacy groups being responsible for the murders. No matter what actual connection there is, it is clear that the police in Ferguson and in St. Louis cities have a long way to go in gaining the trust of their communities. When I first started looking into this, I was hesitant to do a lot of these cases because the, the shortage of information that was out there on all of these deaths in particular, as far as the the crime scene information, the details, any leads, there's nothing. There's nothing on it. And then I thought to myself, that is exactly why these cases need to be put out there more often, especially in this time that we are in now. We are so close to, to a revolution or at least progressing this revolution. These these take time. But I do believe cases like this have to be remembered. They have to be researched, they have to be questioned, they have to be brought up over and over again in order to keep this at the front, at the forethought of our society so change can happen. Even if it has to be gradual, it still has to happen. This is usually the part of the podcast where I say I hope you've enjoyed this episode, Um, but I don't really care so much if you've enjoyed it as much as you have learned from it. I hope that you, you will you've learned from this podcast uh, your eyes have been opened a little bit and also you will continue to look into these issues and these cases, especially the ones involving the mistreatment of people of color all across America. So with that being said, there's only one thing left to do in this episode and check in with our good friend Lauren in this week's Lauren synopsis It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis, breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis, breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis, breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes.
2: What's up, people? Lauren here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained, the very similar and tragic murders of DeAndre Joshua and Darren Seals, two young activists at the forefront of the Black Lives Matter movement, one killed in 2014 following the indictment, the decision by the grand jury to not indict Darren Wilson following the killing of Michael Brown Jr. Um, DeAndre Joshua was a part of the protests in Ferguson that evening after the grand jury announced their decision to not indict Darren Wilson. And then that evening, he was murdered. He was found the next day in his car. The car had been torched, and he'd been shot in the head. Two years later, Darren Seals, who was another young activist in Ferguson, Missouri, was found in his car, shot in the head, and burned. Very hard to fathom a circumstance in which this coincidence could have happened to two young leaders in that community. They were very charismatic, very well-spoken, very important people in the community, and they were both killed in identical fashion hard to believe that this didn't have something to do with the police or some sort of government agency, seeing that they were a threat to, you know, the power of the community or whatever it was. Darren seals, man, I really enjoyed watching. Um, you can find on YouTube, him live streaming, just driving in his car to pick up his mom and, and just kind of preaching for 30 minutes about all that he's been through and all that's going on in the community and how he's trying to create change and how, the Black Lives Matter movement had been kind of hijacked by people who were trying to benefit from the movement um, rather than really being about change. Um, really enjoyed hearing his take on it, man. You could, you could see the struggle's real for sure. And then he's obviously murdered, you know, and it's just, it sucks with all that's going on still with George Floyd, Rayshard Brooks. Um, yeah, I, I understand why everyone's taken to the streets and wants change. Uh, for too long, the police in in many Stations in many cities across this country have been like a fraternity. They've protected each other to a fault where one of their officers has crossed the line and gone too far, and they defend them regardless. Um, There's footage you can find out there of reporters going to police stations trying to file complaints, and the person at the desk won't even let them file a complaint. They want to know what it is first. Um, Too much like a fraternity. Uh, A lot of change needs to happen, a lot better training. Uh, for police officer, they need to be, for officers, they need to be more capable of handling situations without using deadly force. They need to be able to uh, handle a situation physically, if it comes to that, without having to kill a person, you know, and end their life. So, yeah, uh, I think it's, if, as I said, I think it's kind of hard to imagine a situation in which this is just a coincidence and they were randomly killed by someone that had nothing to do. Uh, with trying to to quiet them, to silence their voice because they were so good at uh, what they were doing, at being young activists. So that's my thoughts, and uh, we'll hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll see you next week.
0: Very thoughtful and well-put thesis, as always, Lorne. God, he manages to fit so much good shit in a tiny little area, right? Talking about the police departments and referring to them as ref- uh, fraternity, uh, there is a there is a fraternity state of mind. It seems to be in police officers, um, or among police officers rather. It's um, I think among themselves they believe that they are taking a great risk, and because of their risk and because of their sacrifice, their lives are are top. They they want to make sure that they go home safe. To their to their children to their families and I understand that um, but there comes a point when you are when you especially a point when you are murdering unarmed men in the streets um, and you are supposedly being trained to to combat them hand to hand without using lethal force there lies the problem in my opinion the solution lies therein in the uh reformation of the police and what we view as the police and the the way they work and the way they're funded. Um, Like I said, just my opinion, not that it matters. I do appreciate the officers, the good officers that are out there that are serving and um, are doing their part and trying to change things from the inside. I know that that can't be easy either. All right, guys, so that's the case. Um, that's the case of the strange Ferguson murders, uh, surrounding, and I call them the murders, obviously, you see how I feel about this, um, but of course, no one has been convicted of these murders, but there, there's strange circumstances surrounding them that can't be denied. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode, hope you enjoyed this type of episode, where it's kind of a compilation of, of different murders and different circumstances that kind of all shed one light. Um, but if you do enjoy it, there's lots of ways to support the show, guys. Uh, one being patreon.com slash sandupodcast. Um, we have a few new patrons that joined within the last week, and I want to give them a shout real quick. Um, I'd like to thank Jacqueline, Jacqueline Hewitt. Um, Christy Kittleson, and Jasmine Orduno. I appreciate that very much. Um, All three have jumped on at the $5 tier, so they'll be receiving their Strange and Unexplained sticker, um, as well as access to anything that is posted on the Strange and Unexplained Patreon platform. Um, Guys, real quick, another way to help the show, if you are unable to pledge monthly, uh, no big deal. A great way to help the show is to go leave a review on iTunes or Apple podcast or stitcher or wherever you listen and you can review um, reviews help the show greatly. I want to thank crass uh, mac and cheese for leaving a five-star review said, I love listening, listening to your show at work. Um, you tell the story in a way that is easy to follow. So thank you very much. Crass mac and cheese. Um, and also Jasmineator left a five-star review says hello from New Mexico. Hey, New Mexico. Hey, Jasmine. Uh, I'm assuming your name is Jasmine. (laughs) says, came over from True Crime Guys, and I love that you did one from New Mexico. I did. The Steve Sandlin case. Um, So, True Crime Guys, that's my original podcast with Lorne. That's that's where all this started. Truecrimeguys.com. If you like the banter, uh, conversational-style true crime podcast, give that podcast a listen. Also, you can find us on social media at sandu podcast s s and u podcast um that's on twitter and on instagram and also strange and unexplained on facebook Um, you guys can also follow true crime guys on any social media and if you do already follow true crime guys on any social media there are many links to lots of sent to the sandu pages and posts. and it's a great way to just stay up to date of when things are released for the show because I also have two smaller shows that I do for the Strange and Unexplained Patreon page, and their releases can vary, but they're usually every other week. So if you want to stay up to date on that type of stuff, give us a follow on social media. If you have a case suggestion, uh, you can message on there or at sandupodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this week. As always, I appreciate you listening, and I'll see you next week for a fresh case. Alright guys, be strange, just don't be a stranger.